0: Hey, what's up? This is Alicia from Bully and you're listening to Sound Sessions.
1: Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in. You have the new album that you just put out. It's the sophomore album called Losing. How did this come to be? Because you know, the first album was was so good and gritty and it's such a different sound. What drew the inspiration to create losing?
0: Well, we had been on the road touring feels like which is our first record for about a year and a half and we were all getting antsy and anxious to start working on the second record so we kind of just pulled the plug pretty hard on playing live and came back to Nashville and I wrote it in over about three or four months and then I had a batch of songs that I was working on beforehand in between touring feels like, and Mm -hmm. some of them made their way onto the record and others I just threw out. But, um, yeah, we just went home and I worked on it every day from nine to five. And then eventually when I was ready, we'd send over demos to the guys. And then it was about a month of all of us in the music room in my house. Um, working them out and then we went and tracked right after that so
1: right on so do you live in Nashville now or where are you calling home
0: I do I live in Nashville Mm -hmm.
1: very nice I mean what a great place to make music everywhere you go I mean there's a barbershop quartet building (laughs) down the main strip of the street yeah
0: it's it's really affordable (laughs) especially compared to the other cities that I would want to live in
1: so um what other cities would you want to live in
0: Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> I really like Chicago. It's not that much more affordable than Chicago, but it's different in that it's very likely for you to be able to find a house that you can rent and play out of and keep the van and the trailer at. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's very practical and it's pretty central for touring purposes. So that's nice as well.
1: That. Y- Yeah. I didn't even think about the proximity to all the other cities that you would need to hit Mm -hmm. up when you're going through there. You mentioned Chicago. Mm -hmm. What is your connection to the city of Chicago? We're sitting here on Michigan Avenue right now in a very tall building in a a studio right now. So what's your connection to the city of Chicago?
0: Well, I lived in Naperville for a while growing up, and I have a bunch of family that lives in Chicago, and... I just really like the city. I like the public transportation, and it's less intimidating to me than New York, but still a busy city, and uh, we, we record here. We record at Electrical Audio, which is a studio in Chicago, and I interned there when I was in school, and, yeah, it just has a little bit of history for me.
1: Very cool. So what mm-hmm. years did you live in Naperville?
0: Um, I think... I'm trying to remember. It was like when I was younger growing up, we moved back and forth between Naperville and Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was maybe like fifth grade to eighth grade.
1: Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what made a... Fifth grader, eighth grader from Naperville want to intern at a recording studio? (laughs)
0: Uh, Well, I didn't want to do that then because I wasn't even, (laughs) I didn't even know how to go about doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was definitely interested in music. And at that time, I was writing songs, and then I would have my friends who had really good voices sing them. Mm -hmm. Um, But I kind of discovered audio engineering when I was in high school. I went to Rosemount Public School and there was an alternative art school close by that you could go to if you were a junior or senior and it was similar to taking um, electives there they had all Mm -hmm. these programs that you couldn't find at a public school and a studio one was one of them where they just had about seven different computer spaces with Different recording software, um, Pro Tools, GarageBand, and Logic were on the computers. And then there was a console and a vocal booth in another room that mainly just the teacher used. But hmm. we, uh, yeah, it's a, whatever. I guess that was my first, I had wanted to do music for a very long time. I was interested in it, and that seemed like my only way to go about doing it or being close to it. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Well, cool. Are you ready for some geeky audio questions? Sure, That's kind of like up my alley, too. Yeah. Um, You trained under the legendary Steve Albini. Uh, Holy smokes. What was that like? What wisdom did he impart onto you?
0: It was really good. Um, I mean, I was a studio intern there, so I was kind of training under everybody. But, yeah, I would pretty much go in, and then when I was done with my intern duties, I would – have the free time if I if I if there wasn't a session to kind of mess around in either studio a or b but it was great I mean the internship was incredibly beneficial I was uh very curious about analog recording and there wasn't really a lot of options um throughout my engineering program in college Mm -hmm. to really focus in on that so I really wanted to learned a lot about that while i was there obviously it's a huge reason why i went there because they primarily record to tape um but yeah i just have notebooks and actually um, a bunch of pictures i have a photo album of all the mic placement photos i took while i was there and Mm -hmm. just really funny notes if i go back to reading them they're really they're pretty hilarious
1: uh <laughs> what are, are they like uh press a1 just to just like clear the, the adjectives audio.
0: i used to describe sounds <laughs> mm-hmm. were really ridiculous um and yeah there's a lot of specific busing notes or notes on flying faders because they have flying faders in studio a which i don't uh, we record in b um so I don't mess with those much, but yeah, it's a lot of really specifics about headphones mixes and q sends and stuff. Um,
1: Interesting. So if you yeah, know, if the if the music thing doesn't work out, which it it totally is, uh, you could always go back and just record uh, <laughs> artists and stuff. Yeah. What kind of what kind of headphones do you use um, when you're putting together an audio mix?
0: Well. They just, I mean, I usually use monitors. I don't, but I have a backup pair of headphones. They're really fancy ones that I had to get in school that I use. Um, and after I think I'm getting close to one, then I don't know the model number of them, but I have those and then another pair of ones that I got for free for doing an interview from, um, they're like boise um sound isolating really fancy ones and i really like them but um the ones that i have that i studied with in college are really transparent and flat and they don't color the sound in any way or Mm. compress them at all and the other ones that i got color the sound a little bit and you can hear the emphasis so when i finish a mix just listening through the monitors um and want to either bring it to my car or bring it to my car, or I'll bring it to both those headphones, and then kind of go from there.
1: Cool. So, yeah. uh, if anybody doesn't know, you actually put together and audio mix the, the the latest album. Yes, um, do. where do you? What kind of programs do you use to make those demos? Are you still using GarageBand or, or Logic?
0: I did all, both our records all on tape, so okay. yeah, there's no Man. software involved, but when I'm home, I just have, I mean, I have Pro Tools on my computer if I want to use it, but I'm more likely to use a small 8-track recorder that I have, um, and I can bring it on the road too, which is nice, but it has two little condenser microphones built into it and um, two inputs, and then it's 8-tracks and a little... EQ and reverb on each channel and it's just it's really convenient and portable and so that's what I use at home if I'm not using Pro Tools
1: (laughs) that's so vintage and rad how cool (laughs) how cool Well, that's it. and you can really tell through with the the quality of the levels and, and you know the way you create these albums. I could talk about this kind of geeky stuff all, all day. So, um, mm-hmm. so but I wanted to know where when you're writing these albums, where do you find the best place to write? Is it still in your bedroom? Is it on the road?
0: Yeah, it's some of it was done on the road, but I don't do a lot of lyric stuff on the road. Mm-hmm. Usually if I'm doing stuff, it'll be like a guitar lick or something that I had on the road that made its way to the record. Um, but usually I write in the music room at my house mm. that I'm renting in Nashville, and that's also where we practice out of. and. Um, yeah, it's just a room with corporate and some Christmas lights and it's got all my microphones and stuff and it's pretty comfortable, but it's funny, the things that I'll resort to when trying to find inspiration, I'll just like move all my stuff out to my living room or something or onto my bedroom. I'll have temporary setups in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. I feel like I just, I always move around and try out different rooms once I get bored, um, and kind of see if it's going to bring any different feeling. But I'm very, uh, I am very paranoid and I have OCD. And I feel like sometimes <laughs> I'll move to a room and then I'll be like, oh no, nothing's going to happen here. Cause you don't write here often and you're about to jinx yourself and you're going to ruin your career. Okay. But, um, so usually I stick with my music room, but there have been times where I'll move. I have, um, baffles on the wall and over the windows so it's pretty dark in there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so every once in a while I'll move into a room where there's sunlight and I think that can sort of change the game up a little bit but it's hard to say
1: so in the dark room you're writing very depressing <laughs> yeah, <pretty laughs> in the much. sun room, you're like writing California rock yeah yeah <laughs> how sweet I'm exa- I'm you know I'm the exact same way like I need to be very OCD I right now I have my two papers in front of me right here mm-hmm. and then I'm just a mess over here, but I can't see that because it'll totally distract my mind. Yeah, the way it is. Are you the exact same way?
0: Yeah, the procrastination that I uh, that that goes down before the writing process is somewhat comical. It's like. I'll I'll sit down and I'll be like, all right, I'm ready to write. And then I'll think, oh, my God, but I don't know. I, re- I think I need to wipe my counter off again. Or, like, <laughs> I need to do my laundry. Wait, I have to make my bed. And I read in a book one time, if you make your bed, then you're more likely to be more productive for the rest of your day. And it's this crazy train of events going on through my head before i can sit down so it's like usually if i'm sitting down to write my house is spotless my dog has been walked there's mm-hmm. a coffee in my hand and there's <laughs> nothing left for me to do mm-hmm. and i take out if i if i'm really serious about Writing because, you know, sometimes you're not trying to make a deadline or something and Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I just I want to write. I want to have fun. But other times you're like, I really got to wrap this up or I really got to get something done. Then no electronics go into my writing room. Mm -hmm. No laptop, no phone. Nothing. And that is kind of just how I have to do it because otherwise I'm, I'll am i be paranoid that I'm going to miss an email or something. Or oh,
1: The email thing is so real. It's yeah. so real. What book did you read the Make Your Bed First in the morning?
0: <laughs> it's a book that I actually, I didn't end up buying it. I was at the airport and I really needed something to read. And they had a um, list of their best sellers mm-hmm. and i think the title is make your bed or something (laughs) or how to be productive in life and I was reading the back of it and that was the description of the book was the theory behind if you make your bed the first thing you do when you wake up and Mm -hmm. you're more likely to do other things and you feel like you've accomplished something and then it's just been something that kind of stuck with me in the back of my head and now every morning if I don't make my bed I feel (laughs) a little bit of a sense of panic until I do and it's really ridiculous and um (laughs) Yeah. I, I'm only laughing
1: so much because I do the exact same thing. And I in this morning alone I made my bed because I was like I was like, I have this interview that I've got to prepare for, but I'm not gonna do really well in it unless I can yeah. make my bed. Did uh, you
0: read that somewhere?
1: I've been you know, I did read it somewhere. I it's the same thing that you did. I think I saw it online, like some army general was giving a speech you <laughs> know he said it and i was like okay and then tim ferris he's this guy who is a podcaster yeah he says it too and he's like this you know know-it-all kind of oh yeah
0: total person
1: i'm like well if he if he does it then i guess i sh- i should do it yeah too. So. it's
0: like those people who have their lives in order and they're like this is how to get <laughs> yes. your, your shit together and we're just like how okay i'll do anything please <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm Yeah, it, that's exactly what it is Because I'm like, if if they've got it together Then I can look up to them Because I don't know what the f***, yeah, f- I'm doing Yeah, yeah <laughs> What kind of coffee do you drink in the morning? Because... Uh, That's a very important thing. I've been trying to go on just one (laughs) cup a day. Oh,
0: then we're definitely in the same boat. I was, I quit drinking coffee because it was, uh, it was dressing me out more than I think it was helping me out. Mm -hmm. And so, and I was paranoid about vocal stuff and taking care of my voice after the record and which I have learned now that I think the more I baby it the worse it does I think mm. it just needs a little bit of tough love um but <laughs> uh yeah so there was like three or four months where I stopped drinking coffee and then I just never you know I've I feel like you are under the assumption that if you kick up habit or something that you're used to every morning eventually your body will figure out how to work without it but I just never did I was just tired all the time Mm -hmm. I felt like I was crashing all the time which is ridiculous because in the grand scheme of things like what am I doing with my day I'm literally like writing songs in my living room (laughs) it's pathetic but
1: yeah it's pretty easy
0: um yeah, so whatever. I so I was before I would just drink any kind of black coffee. I mm-hmm. actually like cheap coffee cuz I don't like the fancy stuff with stuff with all the flavor was a little much. Like Waffle House black coffee was my favorite or <laughs> oh, diner wow. black coffee. Nice. Um I mean, I don't really eat at Waffle House, but an example of poor coffee. Yeah, I hear uh, you saying poor tasting coffee. Um but now since I stopped drinking it, then I'm sorry. I feel like I'm just now that I'm listening to myself speak. I'm like, God, I'm gonna sound like a total nutcase. No, not to at anyone all. who's listening to no. this. But <laughs> people want to know. Yeah. So, okay,
1: you're the make your bad person right now. Yeah.
0: No, no, it's <laughs> not me. I'm trying to be that person, but um, okay. So then I, I decided that I wanted to start again, or maybe I could have a cup if we didn't have a show coming up or something, mm-hmm. but. In my head, I guess I decided that me just sipping a cup of black coffee was probably what's hurting my throat, rather than if I have a cappuccino, which is just a smaller amount of it. It's just an espresso and skim milk or something. Yeah. Um. So now I've been drinking cappuccinos, thinking that it's catering to my voice, but it's just there's no telling. So, yeah, I love black coffee. That's what I would drink by choice. Mm-hmm. But in my head, I've convinced myself that a cappuccino is better for me. So I just drink a skim milk cappuccino with no sugar. And I'm just at one a day.
1: Just one a day. Mm-hmm. See, that's that's key because then I feel like your body knows, okay, now I'm, I'm going through this routine so I can wake up because I had my cup of cappuccino, mm-hmm. and now we can get into action.
0: Well, or I'll save it. Like I'll... I'll tell myself if I don't wake up really tired and feel like I need it because I crash around three every day, Mm -hmm. two or three. And so, um, yeah, I'll sometimes if I don't need it right in the morning, I'll put it off and that'll be my goal. And Mm. I feel like it's a good late day pickup. That's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: because then you're kind of looking forward to something and then you're using your your just natural motor to keep going on through the day. Yeah, (laughs) and
0: then once you get there, it's like a double because otherwise, if I have it in the morning, I'll still probably crash around 3, and because I like to get up early. But
1: How early do you get up?
0: Um, It kind of depends if I can sleep or not. <laughs> For some reason, I've been waking up exactly four hours after I fall asleep every night, hmm. which is really bizarre. Um, and then I'll just wake up 10 more times after that so it depends because sometimes it'll be 6 in the morning and I'm laying in bed and I can't sleep so I just get up. Yeah. Um, Ideally if I could sleep normally I'd get up around 8 which isn't that early but for me since technically I could sleep until 11.30 it seems pretty early. Uh, I got up (laughs) at 7 this morning.
1: Um, That's pretty darn early to be honest.
0: Yeah for nothing to do. (laughs) I mean I got up and I worked out. I went to yoga and then walked my dog and.
1: Nice. So, when you are waking up, another thing that I've been trying to do is kind of meditate in the morning. Mm -hmm. Are you Are you into that? Are you
0: Yeah. Do you do that through yoga? I go to yoga Mm -hmm. every day, or I try to every day. Mm -hmm. It keeps my mind at ease and helps with that. I should get into meditating more. There was one tour when I read a lot about Taoism, and that was really helpful. Even just to read about it was pretty therapeutic but
1: yeah. what's what is the idea behind Taoism? oh god i'm such I an mean, amateur I'll sound like, like an <laughs> idiot if i talk about it
0: okay it's just pretty much about finding inner peace and not being judgmental or mean and trying to be calm and just accept things as they are
1: i like that that seems like a good model for life almost yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um you know you mentioned uh, talking about your vocal exercises because you need to I mean, I'm looking at your tour list right now and you're going all over the country, going to Canada, and you're playing a lot of shows and you have one of the most kick-ass gnarly uh, snarling vocals I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, How do you maintain that kind of vocal power? Uh, Do you do any exercises before it or anything?
0: Not really. (laughs) It's such a funny question because there's no telling and it's kind of like, oh, I hope this works all tour. But I mean, I've been doing it for about four years now, so I'm not too worried about it. But it's Mm -hmm. Again, now I'm listening to myself talk and I'm like, I sound crazy, but I actually think that my voice does worse when I warm up, which I know sounds so insane. (laughs) But I feel like it's just so much of it can only happen because of a certain kind of energy and... It's like if I'm feeling it, it'll happen, and if not, it doesn't. And when we play live, it's usually always there because it's just really exciting, and it feels really good. And Yeah. Um, it's really fun, and it's uh, just such a good, positive outlet. But, yeah, I don't know. I've tried doing warm-ups. I just don't feel like it helps me very much. I mean, mm. I'm not really singing. I am singing, but I'm like pretty much just screaming most of the time. So... <laughs> I don't know. It's weird.
1: I don't know. I think it's I think it's singing. I, I actually loved listening to the new album. Again, it's uh the new album is called Losing. Um and I did wanted to know uh what else was in your headphones? What were you listening to when you were kind of putting it together? Because when I was listening to songs like guests there and it made me all feel so like good inside because I heard glimpses of Weezer and and Devo and uh, Mm -hmm. just little uh, the vocal arrangements that you used so what were you blasting through those headphones?
0: Um, I had an ongoing list of podcasts and books and documentaries to watch that I would check off my list throughout the process. Cool. Um, So I really love revisionist history.
1: Yes, with Malcolm Gladwell. Mm-hmm. That's a great one.
0: And um, the classics like This American Life, Radio Lab, Criminal, mm-hmm. Throwing Shade, Two Dope Queens. Um, my Dad Wrote a Porno is really funny. But <laughs> Wait, what? It's this really funny podcast of <laughs> these three friends, and one of their dads wrote a porno. And. There, I'm sorry. Is this appropriate to talk about? Yeah, of course. Okay, I won't get graphic or anything. But they <laughs> take turns reading it out loud on the podcast, and then no they're way. just laughing and uh, pretty much making fun of it, and it's really funny. <laughs> um, my
1: dad wrote a porno. Yeah,
0: it's I'll really check good. It one out.
1: It's a little bit different from Malcolm Gladwell to uh, my dad yeah. wrote a porno. <laughs> well, you gotta
0: spice it up, of course. You know? you gotta... But yeah, it's uh, mostly podcasts. Um, I'm trying to think of any, what I was reading at the time. A lot of graphic novels and comics from, not like superhero stuff, but from indie comic book writers. I feel like those are always, those always cut pretty deep and they feel really good to read. Yeah. Um, But yeah, mostly that.
1: What kind of documentaries were you watching? I,
0: well, I watched the... Infamous Talking Heads one.
1: Nice. Yeah,
0: what's it called again? Um,
1: I have no idea. I just, I, to be honest, I love how Netflix is, is focusing on these comedy and music uh, documentaries now yeah. because they're so, so good. Yeah. I just got done watching the Lemmy one, and mm-hmm. that one was pretty rad to see him, you know, going through just a normal person's life and He's this rock god. Yeah. And I'm sure that the Talking Heads one was the same exact way, right?
0: Yeah, it's really well-known. I can't believe I'm... Ble- I'm really terrible at remembering any sort of titles for anything. Um, but I watched another one about the internet and another one about minimalism and a, a lot of ones about um, just women's rights stuff and uh, one about Rape on campus, I don't know, just whatever any documentary uh Interesting. So, yeah any yeah, a lot of them, well, I don't know,
1: was it called stop making sense yes stop okay making sense, yeah. i i I needed to yeah. scratch that itch in my brain, yeah, um, that's a lot of thoughtful kind of stuff on the road, so you had a lot of um a lot of inspiration, it's mm-hmm. like you were almost reading books uh oh, through the mind
0: i I got really. Into, uh, uh, I really loved Stranger Than Paradise, that Jim Germ- Germish film. What is that um, about?
1: Stranger Than Paradise?
0: Yeah, just look it up. You'll okay. have to watch it. It's good. Um, I'm trying to think of other movies that I saw, because I was trying to keep up on... Um, I really love Pedro Almodovar, but I think I had seen his stuff prior to the record, but I did watch a lot of his other things in the process of writing, and um, what
1: what was his name? Pedro
0: Elmar Devar.
1: Elmar Duvar. I might be
0: pronunci- pronouncing that wrong, but he is. I really like his stuff; is awesome.
1: What does he What does he do?
0: Um, all sorts of movies, but uh, yeah, they're all different. Interesting. He just writes. I I, I think I really like. He always has really strong female characters and it's usually about them and I just think they do a really good job and I really like the actors that he finds and I love um Wong Kar Wai I have this his box set and anytime I feel like I need to be comfortable or find a little bit of inspiration I watch his stuff like Happy Together and um Chungking Express Fallen Angels yeah
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. How cool. Mm-hmm. So not a lot of music actually when you were trying to piece together this album.
0: No, I think I just if I listen to music, I try to. I mean, I had you know, I don't know. I I just I think if I I if it's in the process, then I just start to listen to music too critically instead of for enjoyment, mm-hmm. especially if I'm seeking it out, you know, for inspiration. I feel like yeah.
1: That's a good, yeah, that's a really good point because a lot of the times, if you think about the way that music is written in general, it doesn't even come from the song that I listen to. It's about the heartbreak that I got from this boyfriend or girlfriend, mm-hmm. and then this friend said this mean thing to me, and I felt like I needed to write a song about it. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't even come from the music that you influence. That's why I really don't like asking artists what their influences are as far as music goes because yeah. a lot of the time it just comes from their life.
0: Yeah, it's funny because recently we've been asked to do, and I don't have an issue with doing this, but putting together a lot of playlists or picking 10 songs and why you pick them or analyze and explain what you like about them. But it's so funny because when you hear a song you just that you like or makes you feel good, you just like it. You don't yeah. have that sort of inner explanation with yourself about why you like it. And I almost feel like, and I and I answered this to the list that we've done, but I started off kind of just saying, I don't want to analyze or break apart a song. That's the whole beauty of it, is that I don't have to explain why. Like, it just feels good. It sounds good to me, you know? Right. And when you kind of strip it down, it just takes away. And and sometimes you can, there's like natural missteps that you appreciated, or sometimes there are specific things that stand out, but in general, it's just like, I don't know. I I just like it. Can I just like it? Yeah, <laughs> <that> it's
1: fine. <laughs> that's really interesting the way you can dissect that because I feel the same way. Like I I listen to all these albums or read reviews every single day about about albums and, and and artists and everything and I and I some artists are just critical darlings and mm-hmm. I and I can't get over the fact that I can't listen to the some of their music. I'm not going to say which artists yeah, those are, yeah. but it's it's some of the most popular indie artists out there yeah. who mm. sell out arenas and they have these great artsy kind of albums and um and I just can't get past maybe their one single I like, but mm. I will never fall in love with them the way that I like cheesy bands like I don't know Britney Spears Bully. and stuff like that. And Bully, yes, <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> one of my favorite bands. So that's really interesting that you bring that up, though.
0: Yeah, and, I think about that a lot.
1: Yeah, it's cool that uh, that you're kind of like on that on that level too, because you do write such good music, and in you the way that I can hear that passion through your music, I think is what draws me to as a as a casual listener to Bully. Mm-hmm. The way that I can hear in your vocals. She means what she's saying.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and I don't come from a, I don't have like an extensive theory background or anything with music. So Mm -hmm. to me, without that, that sort of, um, without knowing that you can just pick up an electric guitar and you don't have to, say this is exactly what I'm playing, and these chords are accurate, I'm playing this right, I mean, I'll just, sometimes I play things, and I don't even know, most of the time, I don't even know what the chord is, I just play it, and I'm like, that sounds good, that sounds right, and I move on, and I don't like to break it apart like that, or I just don't think, I think there's a lot of people who didn't grow up studying music, and I don't ever think it should deter them from just playing what they think sounds good or make them feel less than a musician or a songwriter because of it. So I think a lot of that kind of plays into me not wanting to really break stuff down and get too critical about it because it's so subjective. That's why it's a form of art. So
1: Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, it is. It's just a form of art, which is is great. There's no right or wrong way to do it. It's very true, and that's why I was going to jump into, by the way, we're speaking to Alicia from uh, from Bully and I wanted to thank you for your time I'm looking at the clock right oh, now I don't want sorry. to keep you for too long because <laughs> um, I know you're busy uh-huh. but um, I I wanted to ask about guilty pleasures and do you have any guilty pleasures but there's real no guilty pleasure to be honest right? yeah
0: that's exactly what I was going to
1: say yeah <laughs> um, like you can like what you want to like
0: yeah I don't have any guilty pleasures well I'm, well, I'm trying to think um, but I, I think the well, this is kind of similar. You know how you're just like, oh, you should practice everything in moderation or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm really bad at that. I really like, uh, just oh, this is gonna sound so stupid, but this is the first thing I think of is I have a giant sweet tooth, mm-hmm. and um, I really eating cake or candy really does make me happier and so (laughs) i don't know i'll shamelessly get a ton of candy or eat a bunch of cake i have a bowl of halloween candy this big on my counter right now and i live alone and i definitely won't get trick-or-treaters so (laughs) i just i'm really bad about obeying um just common rules that you should follow when you're an adult when it comes to anything that's sweet like ice cream or candy or donuts and Mm. What's your I don't favorite know, kind does of candy? that kind of count? Absolutely. Okay, I don't Actually, know. you
1: took that in a in a much better direction <laughs> than I was even taking it. Uh what's your favorite kind of candy?
0: Uh I don't have a I love all of it. Mm-hmm. I really like Reese's. I like the sour stuff, sour gummy worms. Though one time when I was little, I had a allergic reaction to sour skittles, so I don't <sighs> I don't really mess around with sour skittles.
1: Okay, this is this is gonna sound crazy because mm-hmm. I think we have a lot in common because mm-hmm. I loved sour skittles, but one time I went overboard with sour skittles. Yeah, my, my, I went. I found out what Costco was. Uh, oh God! Bought a huge box of it. Oh my God! It must have been about fifty sour skittles packages. I ate about ten in one day. And my mouth like started to get raw and bleed. Oh my! From all, from all God. the sugar.
0: <laughs>
1: Holy! And ever since that day. I couldn't eat, I can't even look at them anymore. Oh my God. But that was my favorite candy by far for years and years. That's really
0: funny. You were literally just bleeding. You're like, I need these (laughs) Skittles. (laughs) I was like, Um,
1: I was like a Skittles addict.
0: I was at, I was really young. I was, I don't remember what grade, but. I'm 27 now, and it was when Remember the Titans was in theaters. Do you remember that movie? Oh, yeah. And I was eating Cyrus Skittles, and I kept bugging my mom and my sister. I was like, my mouth feels really big. Will you guys, like will you just look at me i feel really weird and they're like no shut up like we're watching the movie and then the <laughs> lights came on and it was totally swollen and they were like oh, this kid's this girl the hospital <laughs> and i had to go get rushed to the hospital and then they put an epi pen in me and then they gave me some to take home and i was like well that was interesting <laughs> what yeah it's really funny
1: an epi pen from the skittles was it, was it a dye kind of thing or something? I like don't
0: it? know if they knew it was the sour stuff or a dye because I can eat sour gummy worms and stuff, but it's a yeah. different, it's different, it's more grainy than the powder that's on.
1: There, it is, if, if you haven't tried sour Skittles, it's literally like crack on a Skittle. Yeah. It's so good.
0: God, I really want to get some now.
1: No, no, I can't stop thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Dang it. It's bad. That's, well, avoid them at all costs if you yeah. can.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I will. I don't want to risk that. <laughs> Um, my health insurance isn't that great right now. <laughs> uh,
1: do, you, do you cover uh, Skittles insurance? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is that a premium?
0: How much do EpiPens cost? <laughs>
1: I'm going to go call Cigna. <laughs> now you're just going to get a bunch of Skittles just brought to you at every single oh show. Oh, my okay, God. Like that, One
0: time I was on a very talking about Furbies a lot and someone (laughs) placed a real Furby on my amp before we got on stage and I was playing and I mid-set turned around and realized there was a Furby there and it was so awesome. (laughs) And then our tour manager... It was in the van, and she was like, You need to move this to the trailer because it just wouldn't stop talking. And she went in there to get merch during one show, and it was dark, and it just started talking to her. And she freaked out and then knocked her head on the top of the trailer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that'd be so scary! Yeah, <laughs> Furbies. Oh, Furbies, look out for them. Don't get Furbies them wet. And sour oh, Skittles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a lot of artists that look up to you these days. Uh, no, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be real. I think that there are a okay. lot of... What would what advice would you give to um, a young yourself or a young person in their garage or basement who would want to get Can to the level you are?
0: you swear on this show or not? Absolutely. Okay, I would say for any young women in the music industry... Don't take shit from anybody ever. And if you feel like someone's disrespectful to you or treating you the wrong way, then they probably are. They are. I'm just going to go ahead and say they are Mm because you don't feel those feelings for no reason. And stand up for yourself. And if anyone tells you that you only got something because somebody was trying to fuck you, it's not true. They're just jealous. And that's it.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah. It's it's so true, <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yes. What do you think? Of, that leads into what do you think about what's going on right now in in the world as far as like all these allegations and all this news about you know, uh, kind of these popular uh, pop culture people like uh, mistreating women.
0: Uh, yeah, I think it's terrible and that it's been going on forever and women have been speaking out about it forever. And I think men need to do a better job of stepping up to the plate and speaking out about it and shutting their buddies down when they hear those Mm -hmm. misogynistic Mm -hmm. comments or, and just also, this is what I say. Okay, this is about to get really heavy, but it's true. This is what I said to the band or a lot of stuff has been going on in the, uh, Within just music scenes, too, you hear about a lot of people who take advantage of or bands who, will you know, have sexually assaulted women on the road and stuff. And I always say because the three there's I play with three dudes. So one time something came out and I was just really bummed out about it. And 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 they're always on my side. Duh. They're great. They're good guys. They're, uh, but I just said, would you ever lie about being raped or sexually assaulted? And they're like, no, obviously not. Like, why would anybody ever assume that anyone would? You know, it's just crazy because I don't know. I feel like it gets written off or someone's like, well, I don't have any validation or there's not proof. And it's like, what the? Yeah. Who's going to lie about that? That is a really hard thing to even bring to the table, period. And I just whatever. I mean, I didn't mean for it to get that dark. But yeah, I think that. It's terrible, and I think that stuff goes on every day and mm-hmm. people just write it off, and um, they're not considerate about even little things that make people uncomfortable and good. I think it's time for men to just be a lot more aware of things that they do and say in any environment, particularly, be, particularly in a professional environment when mm-hmm. you have a position of power over you know, somebody. It's just, yeah, it's it's terrible. Hell yes, (laughs) makes me very angry. Yes, well, it's
1: it's a very um, egregious and and something that. We should really take care of in in, in society because, you know, there's a lot of people. I don't even understand how somebody could be mean to somebody that they've never met before on the street, let Uh alone somebody that they care about or they're friends with and then or even work with. You see these people every single day and the fact that this kind of stuff would go on. It's it's just just bizarre to me.
0: I feel like it's that sense of entitlement. Like, why do you think even... It's just so annoying. I was at the bar the other night and I was meeting with somebody who did a music video for us. This was just the other week and it was just him and I and his back was towards the actual bar and there was one guy sitting at the bar and he was intensely staring at me and he wouldn't stop. And I looked behind me and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And Mm -hmm. then I was just angry and I was thinking in my head why do you think you can make me feel so uncomfortable right now and then I just stood up and I looked at him and I was like what the fuck are you looking at and he was like oh me and looked away and then left and I was like good leave because I've just I'm just sick of being in that position yeah. I just I feel like any- it's the same thing with cat calling it's like that's threatening you know that's scary if you're walking on the street and someone's yelling at you or Nice ass, which I don't, I never get that, but I'm just saying, (laughs) Uh, you know, whatever. I don't, I just, I don't think they even think it's just ingrained in our society, you know, they think it's okay. And it's like, imagine being in that position. Yeah. It's it's, a terrible place to be.
1: It's kind of, it's, it's total bullshit actually what what i what i've been hearing about these people who are defending that kind of stuff because it i think what you're saying is it does take a change of mindset from everybody to make these changes happen i mean yeah. to actually look inward instead of outward or try to justify what you're doing because that's the way you were brought up i mean that doesn't right. make it right no
0: and just like speak up about it you know if i don't if you're a dude, and I can't even imagine what goes on in just conversations, but like I said, if your buddy's saying something, or if you see something, mm-hmm. say something, mm-hmm. you know? Because your silence is just, they're going to think it's okay, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I mean, people aren't like, I don't hang out with people who are like, you know, shooting misogynistic comments off left and right, because I would lose my mind. And uh, Yeah. But there there's still you know a lot of people out there who I think it's okay.
1: And it's, and it's crazy cuz you know there is they say that the the person you become are is because of like the five closest people that are around you and oh, interesting. if you're I've never heard if that. you're surrounding yourself around these kind of people that's who you're slowly becoming and why not just ditch those people? Yeah. And then slowly but surely, Darwinism will yeah. take over, and they'll just leave out of uh, society, which I feel like will be better for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, uh, sour skittles <laughs> to uh, to the state of the nation. And <laughs>
0: yep. Wow.
1: <laughs> well, I, I've I've thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this interview. Let's um. You know what? I had one last question. Mm-hmm. We we both are from the Midwest. We've yes. lived here for a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Is it the cold that makes us write these kind of more punk rock, gritty kind of songs, <laughs> or or do you think maybe? Well, can you move? To, will you move to one L.A. one day or something and write a little bit happier music, or do you think no. that it's ingrained in us?
0: <laughs> I can't write happy. I'm like really bad at writing happy music. I mean, the reason I write music is because something's bothering me or something's on my mind, and it's my way of sort of sifting through and dealing with that situation. So it's if I'm happy in certain aspects of my life, it's really difficult for me to write about. Yeah. Um, but you no, know, I think the Midwestern part has a lot to do with why I just don't go anywhere near country music, <laughs> <laughs> or like there's no Southern rock influences in Bully at all. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll write some happy stuff. We'll see. <laughs> I'll I'll practice. I'll work on it.
1: You know, right when you were saying that, the sun was coming up through the window as as you were talking about writing some happy music. Oh, really? Okay.
0: I should. Yay, positivity.
1: (laughs) Well, you live in a very country, uh, part of the country. Oh, (laughs) jeez.
0: In Nashville. I do, yes.
1: (laughs) So so it makes sense. But you know what? What you're doing right now is totally awesome. And if you want to go and see her and the band Bully, you can see them November 7th at, I'm sorry, at playing November 7th at Talia Hall. Mm-hmm. I never know how to say that name.
0: Because some people say Thalia. Thalia. But I've always said Talia.
1: Yeah, Talia. Because I, I, it's the placement of the A's to the L, mm-hmm. which makes me want to hit that hard T. Yeah. Well, see her there. Yeah. Please <laughs> and come. pick up the new album, Losing. Uh, trust me, it is so worth it. It's going to be spinning in your iPod for the next few years. So... Alicia, thank you so much for joining us on the show.
0: Thanks for having
1: me.
0: Can't get enough of Sound Sessions? Like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Sound Pod, and check us out on Instagram at Sound Sessions WGN.